Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, the host and founder of Alzheimer's Speaks. For those of you that are new to our show, I always just like to give people a little background about us so you know who the heck you're listening to. Um, Bottom line, Alzheimer's Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. And we believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to help remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those diagnosed as well as their care partners continue to live a purpose-filled lives. Um, At our core, we know that collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle. And we have to thank each and every one of you because, you see, Each of you has had a profound impact on Alzheimer's Speaks. Your clicks, your shares, your likes with your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Twitter tribes, your Pinterest peeps has um, gotten us just a great um, acknowledgement from ShareCare and Dr. Oz as being the number one influencer online um, regarding Alzheimer's. And again, we couldn't do that without you. And the power of of our information and our content getting out there, um, just as anybody's information, I think is really about making this um, normal and safe information to reach out so that people can find the support they need when they need it. And, um, you know, the more we see information available, the more likely we're going to grab it. And so, again, I would really encourage each of you to continue to like and share um, not only our radio show, but we have a format called Dementia Chats. I'm going to be posting uh, later today um, one of our recent videos, which has our experts um, who are living with dementia as our panelists. And we're going to be talking about pets and, you know, the decision to have a pet when dementia hits your home and the impact that it has. It's not always pretty. Um, And so they they really discuss uh, the value of what to evaluate when you're considering a pet. Um, We also have a blog. We've got a resource directory. We do educational programs. So um, feel free to check us out anytime and, again, pass the information along. And if you are listening and think, hey, you know, I have a story, I want to be heard, um, reach out to me. Just go to alzheimerspeaks.com or you can contact me right through the radio page here and um, tell me your story because Alzheimer's Speaks is about raising everyone's voice. Um, I surely don't have all the answers, though I was on the journey with my own mom for 30 years. That's just one person with the disease um, that I intimately got to know. Um, I think it's about building a toolkit and understanding everybody's perspective. So we have people living with dementia. We have families. We have business professionals. We have researchers. 
advocates, you name it, we want to talk to you and we want to hear what your thoughts are about the disease. Um, Today, we're going to have a a great conversation um, really about music. And so I'm I'm very excited to have with us as uh, as our guest today uh, Daryl Duncan, who is a veteran and an award-winning songwriter and producer, and he's the founder of a of a new company called Area Music Holistics. And um, Daryl was inspired by his own grandmother, who suffered with Alzheimer's, and um, passed away at the age of a hundred and two. Area is a really powerful and revolutionary new service that uses um, a unique, what he calls, this is your life approach to memory care that engages, stimulates, and entertains to truly awaken the souls of a person with dementia. So welcome, Daryl. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Well, wonderful. Uh, I also have a co-host with me today um, who I just love to death. Susan Suchin um, is with us, and she is living with dementia. So, Susan, I'm going to have you just give uh, give our audience a little background about yourself. Hi, Lori. Thanks. I'm... Um, uh, uh, I, I was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer when I was four, eight years old. I um, continued to work uh, and um, was told to go about life. There are no thing can do, and that is exactly what did. Um, until about three, four years ago, um, there were too many things, two obstacles to not acknowledge, and I went back and was given uh, an additional diagnosis of frontotemporal degeneration and primary progressive aphasia. I'm now five, eight years old, and um, I have two grown daughters and five grandkids bring join me. So thank you, have me, Day. Well, thank you, um, Daryl. Can you give us a little bit of background about your yourself and the music industry altogether? Um, what, how did you get involved with music, and um, and then how did you come up with this company? Absolutely. Well, um, I've been in the music industry now for going on thirty five years. I was originally a staff writer for A and M Records and Warner Brothers Records for eight years in Los Angeles, uh, back in the late eighties. And, uh, I initially got in the music industry, you know, writing music when I was started around 14 years old, writing songs. And I gained the recognition of, uh, major publishers in California. And I got my first major contract when I was 21 years old. And, um, what kind of led me to senior care or Alzheimer's care it's quite an interesting path. Basically, you know, in brief, as you mentioned, I have a, I had a grandmother who passed away in October of 2014 and she herself had full blown dementia and Alzheimer's. And, um, uh, she was pretty much, uh, non-communicative. Uh, it was rather advanced, you know, she slumped over in a wheelchair most of the day, but one day I decided to come and, play for her what I knew was her favorite song and that was an old B.B. King song called Never Make Your Move Too Soon 
And when I played that song for her, and, and again, she was in dementia for the last probably nine years of her life. But when I played this song for her, she literally came to life in so many ways. She sat up. She made eye contact where she hadn't in, in years. She began to clap to the music and sing along to the lyrics and, and singing the lyrics correctly. And she had a sparkle in her eye, you know. And we realized that music therapy is not a cure for Alzheimer's in any way. But it brings a level of uh, joy even if it's temporary, to that individual uh, that is just priceless and is equally as priceless to family and loved ones who get to experience that momentary awakening. So um, I decided, I said, you know what, if my grandmother can get this, this level of joy out of uh, hearing her favorite song, and, and the, again, the key to our company is, is not playing the music of their era, but presenting with, to them the music of their life. So you know, the music that's specifically their absolute favorite from their younger years. So I decided, you know what, this would be something that I'm sure could help many other families struggling with uh, seniors or loved ones with dementia. And um, I started the company about two years ago, um, just under two years ago, and it's been slowly growing and uphill ever since, you know, and I'm really excited about it because I have a passion for senior care that I didn't really know I have. I always knew that I felt about seniors uh, somewhat differently than my peers, you know, in terms of understanding and appreciating the vast amount of knowledge and wisdom and experience that they have. Um, and, and in my experience with my own grandmother, I knew that if she could have that type of experience with uh, uh, music, and again, music is just a small part of what Aria does. It's actually, you know, we call it, we like to call it more reminiscence therapy than music therapy because we don't just present music. We also include images, entertainment media from um, the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, as well as photo images. And um, um, I'll tell you, you know, in a little bit exactly how ARIA works, but I think I just wanted to answer your question just there, how I got into it. But it's, it was my own grandma that inspired me to start ARIA. You know, I, I find it so interesting how um, different businesses and um, services come about, and, and most all of them come from an actual interaction in need and people seeing, hey, this, this worked for me. I want to share it with other people. And um, Susan, don't you see the same thing in the industry? Yes, very much so. Um and those business, in my opinion, are the ones that really get it, mm-hmm. so to speak, because um, they bring passion to the business. Yep. Yeah, it's very heartfelt. And the other thing that I love is people don't give up. You know, they just keep pushing right. through. Um, wanting to connect where somebody, you know, in a true business model will be, you know, more leaning towards numbers and statistics of how to approach it. And I think the heartstrings are just so tight um, in terms of the passion to push it through and aligning with with like-minded people 
that get the need and then things just blossom just kapoof you know <laughs> and they're and they're out there um it's very very fun to uh to see that so you know i appreciate you having the passion um to push through because like you said you know you you push and and um and you struggle at times um that's just part of the process um but that's part of life with dementia and it's part of life if we're honest in you know and whole. Right. Exactly. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit more about area and, and what is that experience like? Okay, sure. Um, again, one of the things that makes Aria Musicalistic so unique is the fact that we offer what we consider to be a this is your life approach to memory care. So for example, I'll give you a quick walkthrough of exactly how the service works from the moments uh, a loved one or an adult child picks up the phone, you know, interested in our service. Okay, so you would first go to our website. We would direct you to our website where you would have a questionnaire that you would fill out about that senior that you're, you're, you're you know, talk, calling about. Now, this questionnaire is 55 questions, but it only takes about 10 to 15 minutes to complete because these questions are short one, two, and three-word answers. Mm-hmm. So it's very quick to fill out. And this questionnaire includes everything you can possibly share with us about that senior's life. So we, we will ask questions like where were they born, where were they raised, where, where, um, uh, where did they go to high school, where did they go to college, what was their trade, um, what military service did they have, if any, um, uh, details about uh, their uh, work history, information about um, their favorite items, things, and, like, for example, favorite TV shows, movies, actors, actresses, game shows, uh, uh, sitcoms. We have a very wide array of questions that we get to know as much as we can about that individual. Then when you click submit to submit that information to us, we do our research and we create a highly personalized memory care program for that individual. So for example, when we come to them for the memory care session, and again, that can be wherever they are, whether it be a private residence or in an uh, assisted living community. But when we come to them for that memory care session, we're presenting them with images of the high school, for example, that they attended the way it looked when they attended it, or images of the community that they were uh, grew up in as a child as close to the way it looked when they grew up there as possible. Um, we present them with images and actual video media of their favorite sitcoms. We'll play clips from their favorite shows from the 30s, 40s, or 50s, game shows, uh, movie clips. You know, um, it's highly personalized. And we are finding that the response that we're getting from this personalized approach is just far beyond what we are, what we typically see with just generalized music therapy. Again, we call this reminiscence therapy because we bring to them a a package that is about the life that they live not just their era and um uh, we also have a large collection of antiques that are a part of our program so the seniors with us with dementia will actually get a chance to touch pick up hold and manipulate actual antiques from their era so while they may not have owned these items 
they would recognize them like you and I might recognize a Rubik's Cube or Legos or a Cabbage Patch doll, for example. These are things from their youth that they would definitely be familiar with or have seen before. And this is all about sparking memory, spark, stimulating memory. And we often, more times than not, not only bring a smile to the faces of these seniors, but sometimes we even get happy tears because we know that we're touching them uh, in a way that we're opening uh, neurons. You know, we're helping them to remember things that they otherwise would not have remembered. And while they may not retain these memories, it brings a, a, a momentary joy that you can't take back. And it's actually just, it's, it's really special. We also have a, um, a part of our program called the VRO, and that stands for Video Recording Option, and this is only for the group sessions. Now, we do group sessions for complete senior communities, and we also do individual sessions. But for the individual sessions, the adult child securing our service can opt for the VRO video recording option, and what we'll do is we will video record the memory care session because most of the time, because we're presenting such intimate and, and, and personal images and, and memories to these seniors, it's very uh, an emotional moment. So we record that, um, and we host it on our private secure servers and give you a username and password. So you're the only one that can view that video, but what you're able to do with that is you can share that username and password with siblings or family or loved ones who you would also like to witness uh, that memory care session. So if you have a, a sibling that's around the other side of the world or the country that can't be there, they can log in at any time and, and experience the memory care session from their, their loved one, you know, no matter where they are on their iPad, iPhone, or computer. So it's, it's really, we're using technology to um, help to, you know, improve the lives of those with dementia and Alzheimer's. And, and again, we, we are really turning heads and it's exciting. It's an exciting journey for me. Well, it sounds extremely interesting. Um, one comment, I, you know, I, I just want to make is you refer to seniors, and you know, like we have Susan with us today, who I, I don't view as a senior, and there's a lot of right. of younger people um, getting dementia, um, and I mean, there's even children. I was just in Indiana talking to a mother whose teenager passed, and she has another one with dementia who's in end stages, and it's kind of incredible how things are changing. Can you work with all ages, um, or are you kind of specifically zoned in at this time um, with a particular age niche? Well, we absolutely can work with all ages, but, of course, the younger you are, the less of a life you've lived in terms of memories and history and, 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 and past things. So um, we have worked with mostly seniors, uh, you know, above the ages of 50, 60, 70. But um, we did have one uh, client that was actually 32, I believe. And, um, uh, you know, even at 32 or even at 22, you have memories, you have precious memories. So I think that no matter what your age, you know, uh, we can uh, assist you with, with, with um, a memory care program that's specific to your life, you know. Um, of course, the older you are, the more life you've lived and the more we can present in terms of memory and past. But, yeah, we can work with uh, all ages. Absolutely. Okay, great. Um, Susan, do you have any comments so far? 
Yeah, I would like to interject that um, uh, while having more years to life, opportunities, more memory uh, to make, the um, profoundness of even a few memories is what I find to be very, very impacting. So many things um, I can't turn on. They're just gone. Um, right, right, right. The ones I have uh, bring that joy you speak of, that uh, uh-huh. awakening. So right. um, I would challenge you to... I had maybe Shay say too much, but I had great, colorful life, low, low, lots of memory. So <laughs> I would be a challenge for you because if you assume, because age younger, that not as many, uh, you might miss um, the opportunity to tap into uh, a really cool learn experience. Um, and I think bottom line, I think everybody, just as this a personal um, uh, program, those memories are as um, in-depth and personal, regardless of how many. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things, um, Daryl, we were talking about this, this just this morning, we recorded a dementia chats that um, I still have to go in and edit, but we were talking specifically about memories and how they're attached to different pieces. And um, people had mentioned, you know, dolls and pictures and, you know, furniture and jewelry, all of those types of things. And I love how you're incorporating pieces into the music for stimulating memory, because that was something of, of great concern that our group talked about in terms of, you know, our, our conversation was really about moving and downsizing, but the importance of being able to still trigger those deep memories um, that right. they have. And so I, I love that you are you know, going back and looking at what was, you know, what was the neighborhood looking like back in the day? Um, right. Because most of right. us can go nope. back to our childhood neighborhoods and go, well, that's not how it looked when I was there, <laughs> you know, and, right. and everything exactly. is different. Exactly. So right. Exactly. And, you know, I wanted to mention one other thing that I found in my research that has been really eye-opening and, and amazing in itself, and that is research has shown that music uh dementia for the most part leaves the musical part of our brains untouched and that's why you have uh uh individuals with dementia who were musicians in their younger younger days they're still able to play songs note for note on the piano if they were if they play piano and they don't forget that they may forget their child's face or their child's name or you know even forget to do things for themselves, you know, but music is, for the most part, and research has, has proven this, it's not as much affected by dementia as other parts of the brain. And, and that's why uh, music therapy and forms of reminiscence therapy are so effective 
because the musical part of our brain seems to seems to, to react to it regardless of our level of dementia. Mm-hmm. I agree. Do you think that that is um, attached? Uh, outside of the physiological aspect of brain work is also, I find, um, relate to the profound emotion around uh, particular music we resonate with. Uh, I may know the name of a song, but I would remember how I feel. Uh, It will be the same emotion and I don't know how to explain that. It's a no, I know exactly what you're saying. You're explaining it perfectly, and you're so right. That is what um, um, I have learned through my research in the last year or so, is that how we may not remember the name of the song or the lyrics, but we can always remember how it made us feel. We'll know if it was a song that we really connected with or really loved when we were younger, and we'll know if it was a song that we really dislike you know uh, music is like aromas some people like one smell another person may not like it or food some people may like the taste of this and someone else may not like it music is very similar to that similar in that way um but the the way a piece of music made us feel dementia has has not taken that away that's why when you see music therapy sessions with 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 older people who have advanced dementia when their favorite songs are playing, they find a way to clap their hands or bob their head or at least some, in some, at some level acknowledge the joy that that music is, is giving them. So, yeah, music, and, and there's so much we still don't know about the brain, uh, but music seems to be a key, a door, a pathway into the minds of people with dementia. I very much agree with that. I I saw that with my own mom, even in her, you know, all throughout her life, she loved music. And, um, you know, when she ended up moving into the nursing home, initially, she was very social still, and she was part of the choir, and she would go around and sing. And she loved that because she knew it was bringing others joy. And then, you know, as she declined, um, she appreciated, you know, people coming and singing to her even more. And even in her end stages, and we've got video of this, um, she would still connect to those old songs. And you, she might not be able to sing all the words anymore at the end, but you could see it in her body language, her, her smile, right. the glint in the eye, her hands and toes were going, and she was thumping to the music and giggling. And it's just like, um, it was just pure, raw joy. And, um, and that just touches your heart so deeply. Um, I mean, it's just so powerful. You almost cannot not see it, um, because it comes in its simplest form and, um, and, and it's just, it's just right there. It's just, uh, very, very powerful, very, very powerful. Yet, um, I think under under understood and underappreciated um, for the value that it has. I think we've got to educate exactly. more people in um, the power of music, in the power of reminiscing. Um, I, I just, I think it's amazing, amazing um, techniques for that. Um, yes, it is. Yeah. Susan, was there anything else that you wanted to add? Yes, I'd like to, I have a question for you. Uh, um, 
I uh, like both of you. Uh, I grew up in a family of music. My mother played piano and studied Juilliard. My father played for the Chicago uh, Philharmonic, uh, the bass. Um, music filled our house all the time and very eclectic music. Um, so I've always had a great appreciation uh, for um, all kinds of music. Um, and uh, as my dementia have evolved, uh, sound can be, um, even music cannot always be, it's almost like fingers on a chalkboard. And it has been very, very disturbing to me. Um, so what I've worked with is to, I can't remember names, songs, to look up, listen, take me the place. So what I do is I listen to something that is only um, instrumental, or I may listen to something very softly spoken words, lyrics. I can focus brain on two same time. And in this process, I'm finding, I'm listening things I never have here but I'm trying to bring that sense of calm with music back to self. Um, do you ever uh, have you uh, encountered where we associate this with only a memory, but also have you found how it can... Uh, uh, impact on the, the oh how can say um, how a person is interpreting it uh, physically almost uh, it's almost a physical feeling uh, when I cannot understand what it is um, and if so how would you deal with that I think I know what you're asking, and um, I think everyone is able to remember at least what they were doing or what, what – I mean, I, I speak to many different people, young or old, with and without dementia, and I think everyone has a song that they heard when they were very young, a teenager or maybe in their early 20s, that they can remember where they were and what they were doing when they heard that song. Um, again, that's the mysterious power of music on the mind. I, I can't exact, exactly answer why it affects us this way, uh, but the fact that dementia does not affect the musical part of our brain like it affects other parts is very telling. Um, and, of course, there's not enough research done in dementia, into dementia, so there's not a lot that we have done to really delve into that and understand why that is. But um, just like there are songs that irritate you, I mean, we all have songs we just hate. <laughs> I do, you do, we, we all do. And, and, you know, those songs can probably not evoke good memories or good thoughts when you hear a song that you never really liked. But again, it's like food or fragrances or anything else. Everyone is different. So I, I really do believe that um, uh, 
you know, there just simply needs to be more power. I mean, more research into the power of of music on the brain. And we just know that it works in most cases. And we and that's what my company kind of focuses on. It's about finding out what is your absolute favorite music, you know. And again, not music from your era because that's very different, but music from your life. So you know, if you had to pick the absolute favorite recording artist or songs from your past, what would they be? And that's what we present to them in a variety of ways. Yeah, I think that is speaking for ourselves. If um, knowing, uh, I can name a song. Um, if I heard it, I'd go, oh, yeah, I love that. I still right. couldn't tell you the name of the song, but it would make feel good, me. Um, having uh, someone orchestrate, so to speak, pardon the pun, uh, the, the pulling together where I cannot do that. I cannot make a playlist. Because um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the, the the basic info is lacking, uh, but right. to know there would be someone based on information I submit could do work toward that or achieve that would be astounding. And, right, and, and that's what we do. That's that's exactly what we do. We we kind of take that information and create a playlist of your life. And again, we don't just present the music. We present the artist and information about the artist. So, for example, if one of your favorite songs from your earlier years was Elvis Presley's Don't Be Cruel, we would not only play Don't Be Cruel for you, but we will present images of Elvis singing that song, images about his life and about you know his family and uh, when he released that song and images of them maybe in the studio recording that song. So it's just... Uh, I call it a kind of like a TMZ approach to, to celebrities for, for the um, dementia patients. But the more that we can present to them about their favorite music and artists, the more excited they seem to get. Yeah, and I would agree with that. I, um, I'm like you, uh, Susan. I couldn't name a song or an artist if my life depended on it. I love music, and I love most all kinds of music, but yet there are some, you know, that I, I probably don't like as much. Um, but I, I've just, my brain has never gone there since I've been very young. I've just, I couldn't tell you. And I have friends that, you know, rattle off, you know, not only artists and songs and albums and sequences and the whole thing. And I, right. my brain has just never worked like that. I can, I can pretty much listen to a song and I can tell you even if it's going to be a hit or not. Um, I, you know, my, my brain will go there. Um, but I can't, I can't tell you, I, I couldn't rattle off a list. I just, I, that would be really difficult for me to do. So I would need a care partner who is willing to guess and adjust you know, and, 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 and is that a possibility to do where you start with one thing and, and maybe it's, it's tweaked? Absolutely. We can zero in on it. Based on your age, we can pull up the top 10 or top 40 hits from when you were, say, 21 or 25, you know, and, and zero in on songs that, and we can play them for you, and you, you'll know if you like that song. And you say, oh, I remember that one. I couldn't name it, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you the, the lyrics to it or who even recorded it, but I remember that song, and I used to love it. 
we always can get that reaction, whether you know specifics about the song or not. So, yeah, we can tweak and fine-tune a playlist if we kind of, uh, the more we know about you, what part of the country you grew up in, and, and the genre of music that you like. You know, if you love the country, or if you love rock and roll, or jazz, we can definitely put together music that would be, you know, most appealing to you. Okay. Well, that's that's great to know because you just, it, you know, it just makes you wonder um, with that whole process. Because, like I said, for me to come up with a list would be um, not an easy. I would I would be coming up with a list and I'd put the radio on and I'd listen to songs and I'd start writing those down. <laughs> would probably be my mode to my madness um, because I just I don't have that depth. I don't have that file cabinet in my head. Never have, never will. Right. You do not want me on a trivia. Uh, game with you on your side, you know, you just make sure I go on the other, other side's team if you want to win, um, because I'm just not good at that. Um, can you tell us, um, with your kind of primary clientele, what is their typical reaction, both the, the people with dementia and those watching um, and, and participating in this process? Absolutely. Um, actually, I, I, when I give a presentation to potential new clients, my presentation specifically touches on the reactions we get when we present them with music versus antiques versus photos. And I don't have the presentation open in front of me, but for example, when we're presenting them with images that they had not seen but are very intimately personal to their life, um, you know, especially um, individuals with advanced dementia, they will just stare at the image and touch it. You know, we know that there's something about this image that is, is, is stimulating them or, or interesting them on some level. You know, some pictures they'll just look at, put down, go to the next one. But I have seen seniors that will pick up a particular image that we show to them because we present on iPads and they will just stare at that image and won't even let me move on to the next one. They just want to look at it. They'll even touch their fingers on the image, you know. Uh, you know, So we may not know exactly what we're doing for them, but we do know that we've hit something. There, there, is a, there is something that is familiar to them in this image. The same thing with music. I have played music for um, uh, clients, and sometimes we get a tear, and it's not a out loud boohoo weeping but sometimes a tear will fall with a smile so you know we're getting that emotional reaction that i truly believe is is bringing them a level of joy because of course not all tears are sad tears these i believe are, are definitely happy tears the ones that are accompanied by a smile and when we present antiques the antiques from our collection um i get seniors that just want to touch it and talk about it. Oh, I had this. I remember this. Like there's one antique we have. There's two things that most all of the seniors seem to connect to. And that is this, a hand blender that has a little crank that you turn to blend. Mm -hmm. And then there was another antique, which was um, skeleton keys, uh, a ring of skeleton keys. And they remember that uh, very, very well. And they just seem to, be so interested in picking up and touching each and every antique because these are things that somewhere in their mind they know they come across in their life and and you know it just it's all about the experience of stimulating their memory. Um, I have a question for you because you know I've got some some things that might be able to be used as as tools for reminiscing. I, I'm thinking I have a 
old crystal doorknob that I, um, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it, it just, it triggers some things for me. Um, but you know, items, antiques, all different types. Are you interested if any of our listeners have some of those to be able to send to you? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there are things that I've looked for that my own mom who is 80, 81 has told me, Oh, you need to find this and find that. And, um, uh, you know, we've, you know, gone to a number of antique fairs and hit a few different um, antique shops in our area. And it's almost impossible to cover everything, but I don't have a glass doorknob. And that is definitely something that that people will remember and connect to. I even remember that. My grandmother had glass doorknobs on her house, mm-hmm. in, in her house. So, um, yeah, I would I would love to hear from some of your listeners who may have some things they want to uh, uh, contribute to our, our antique collection. Yeah. And and there might even be things that some of our people with dementia who are looking at downsizing have that would be willing to donate uh, for a cause like that too. I don't want to exactly. sp- speak yeah. for anybody, but just, just kind of a thought. Um, or, you know, maybe it's time for us, this is kind of interesting to approach antique dealers um and talk to them about becoming dementia aware and dementia friendly because there's probably a few things in their store that they wouldn't miss that they would be right. willing to share um, going for a good cause, you know, and they could Absolutely. write it off, write it off as a donation to Boots, you know. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And, and, and for, mo- for most of those items, they're either very expensive or worthless as far as monetary value, mm-hmm. you know, but they all have precious value to someone as far as memory you know yeah that's a a really interesting um a thought in terms of of how we can we can help with that uh, process as a community mm-hmm. and um, be able to expand that um susan anything you wanted to add there um when you i i just off the top head i hear the door handle and when we think about uh, dressing or um, what the word, um, um, looking at more than just elderly, looking at those of us who are, are, are in our 30s and up uh, with a dementia diagnosis, what stuck out my head was um, the glass handle, knob, a wooden, a brass, uh, uh, whereas when there are, for me, sometimes I cannot breach that memory unless there are examples. So if I saw all of them, I could no verbal articulate, I might reach out for the one that applied to my time. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Absolutely. I mean, you would probably recognize one that you may have had as a child in either your parents' or grandparents' house, and you're naturally going to gravitate to it. You may not even know why all the time. You know, a lot of times we see items from our past, and we, we're, we, we're drawn to it, but we don't always know why. You know, I firmly believe it's because, you know, we've encountered those items in our younger years. We can't say where, we can't say when, we can't say, you know, how exactly we encounter them. But antiques, that's the main purpose of, of antiques presentation is is stimulating memory that 
you really didn't even know you had until you see this item in front of you. Yeah, I think they're very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do too. I, I think it's a it's just a wonderful, wonderful combination, um, you know, to spark interest and um, and get people involved in uh, in life. And um, I, I just I, I love the concept of music, and I love the concept of of reminiscing. And um, what a what a beautiful, beautiful combination. And um, you know, I I look at the two of those in a I see the beauty and the joy, but I also see a, a peacefulness, you know, that they bring together. And right. um, and yeah. who doesn't want to be peaceful, you know, especially in this day and age when we're so busy I... and crazy, you know. <laughs> yeah, so stressed about everything. Yep. Exactly. Well, you know, we think about um, bringing your service in particular that um that memory that um emotion bringing those forward when a person feels or looks to be so for a lack of a better word blank or lost or stuck uh, there's a lot of truth there um many times it's uh uh, a worry or a rumination that is hard to jump off of, so to speak, by um, instead of ruminating, which doesn't usually end up anywhere but stuck, uh, reminiscing opens the mind up to so many more opportunities uh, to engage in um, just a thought process, just getting outside of that spot you may be in to right. something bigger and better, different. It's good, good, good. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Daryl, I want to talk to uh, you regarding, you know, what areas do you service? Um, because I think that's important to our listeners as well. Absolutely. Well, right now, you know, we are based in the Chicago area. So we serve the entire metropolitan Chicago area, north, south, and west suburbs. Uh, However, we are expanding slowly but surely. Um, Our circle of service is is growing, um, you know, each month. Um, You know, so, and we do hope to, in late 2017, late next year, offer franchises so we can bring our program to major cities across the country. But uh, right now, you know, we are in the uh, uh, Chicago area, but, um, you know, we are um, servicing more and more senior living communities, um, you know, in a broader, wider circle. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. And if people are, are interested in um, maybe getting a franchise and uh, talking with you, um, more about this. Um, how would they contact you? What's the what's the best route? Absolutely. Well, two ways. You can just um, call us, of course. Uh, our number is 855-554-ARIA, A-R-I-A. That's um, 855-554-ARIA. Or simply send us an email to info at ariamusicholistics.com and that's spelled um, info at A-R-I-A 
M-U-S-I-C-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C-S, musicholistics.com. And let us know, you know, what you're interested in and what you're reaching out to us about, and we'd be glad to answer any questions you might have. Wonderful. And people can always uh, go to your website directly as well. And do you have any video there kind of showing what it is that you do for people? Absolutely. Absolutely. We have um, uh, we have three different animations. Um, uh, they look like cartoons, but they're really cute, short animations that in a nutshell kind of explains what aria is and how it can benefit you and um and how to order actually um you can simply go to our website to also um fill out a form if you're interested in in our service um but there are animations there's one animation posted on our website but if you email me at that same email address i've given i would be glad to share with anyone the other two animations which uh, go further in explaining how aria works Okay, wonderful. Um, anything else that you would like to add that we haven't covered, Daryl? Um, uh, no, not really. I'm just really excited for the opportunity to um, speak here on your show, Laurie. I, I think it's an awesome program, and I Aria Musicalistics is offering something that, to my knowledge, is not being offered the way we're offering it right now. And people often, you know, tend to call us music therapy we're actually a lot more than music therapy. Music therapy truly has its its place and it, it, it can be effective, but we are so much more. We, we are reminiscence therapy, uh, or like I said before, uh, this is your life to memory care. And um, I just think that this unique approach is really gonna make a difference in the lives of those with dementia, uh, young, old, and their families. Okay. Well, I, I think it's just uh, an incredible service, and I, I wish you the, the best of luck with your expansion because I think this would be wonderful uh, to see throughout the country and, and actually throughout yeah. the world um, people tapping into this. Are you, um, are you looking at, at any uh, possibilities of grant funding at all to be able to help expand? Um, I've actually had that mentioned to me just a, a couple of weeks ago, and that is something that we hope to look into in January. I haven't aggressively approached it because I've been so busy with, uh, uh, you know, servicing the, the area that we service now. But that is definitely an option that we are looking into because we will need the additional funding to try to, uh, you know, grow our program and just get it to as many seniors as possible. Okay, wonderful. Um, uh, Susan, any last comments from you? I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing. It is a really um, uh, multifaceted uh, approach, and I um, look forward to hopefully being able to uh, connect uh, with that kind of service where I'm located. Good luck to you. Thank you, and good luck to you too, Sue. Uh, and you know, um, I was I enjoyed listening to you and talking with you, as you as, as well as you too, Laurie. <laughs> well, that's that's wonderful. And again, if people have donations that they would like to uh, to make, um, you know, please feel free to get a hold of Daryl. You can call him again at eight five 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 four. A-R-I-A, that's 
A-R-I-A. And um, again, I'm sure they would take uh, monetary donations as well as what we had talked about is maybe some antiques that would help with the reminiscing. So if you've got some ideas, have some extra belongings that you think uh, could be helpful, um, please reach out. We'd love to see, we'd love to see this expand. Um, I want to thank you both so much for your time and energy today. I think this was a fabulous conversation, and I think um, many people are going to be looking forward to your expansion, Daryl. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay, great. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just wrap up the show with some highlights here. Um, You can look for our next Dementia Chats recording to go live later today. Again, that is going to be talking about pets and um, how one cares for them with dementia. Is that a good idea or not? Is that a good match? Um, And we are talking live on Dementia Chats with people who are actually living with the disease, and they have just some wonderful insights. If you haven't listened to some of our our most recent radio shows, um, please check them out. We had Rachel Norman on, who actually was a music therapist just last Thursday. We're talking about meaningful music experiences, which is just kind of a nice hand-in-hand with today's conversation We also had um, somebody on from Calendar Cards, and we talked about um, how do you find memory cafes in the U.S., and Calendar Cards has devoted um, a specialty page uh, and directory just for this purpose that is very, very easy to use. And Calendar Cards, um, both Calendar and Cards is spelt with a K, Um, And you can go ahead and find that. We also had Abe's Garden on, and that one was uh, titled A Family Touched by Dementia, who honors their father and their community. Uh, They are down in Tennessee, and I was lucky enough to actually go down there, and we did our recording of our show from Tennessee. Fabulous, fabulous community. Very high-tech and high-touch. Um, I was so impressed with that. Um, as for our station here on Alive and Social, um, I would also encourage you to check out a, an episode called What's for Dinner Tonight? The podcasts average only 10 to 15 minutes, um, but they are um, with Rachel Perrin, who is the culinary director for Kowalski's Market, along with her producer and sidekick, Adam Lee, and they are joined by fantastic I should say food-tastic friends and colleagues that chat about seasonal foods and favorite flavors and trending topics in nutrition and everything yummy for your tummy, which is really important around the holiday season, but yet we need to make it um, easy um, and quickly in today's um, busy schedules that we have. So each of their episodes, uh, like Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, is a podcast. You can go back and listen to it anytime. And they also uh, have all their menus on uh, Kowalskis.com. That's www.k-o-w-a-l-s-k-i-s. Um, what else do I want to tell you? Um, on the blog, you might want to check out a powerful new film called Fragile Storm. It's only 10 minutes, um, but you're going to need your Kleenex. It really um, has a large emotional punch to it. 
And um, I think it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, very, very moving in terms of how somebody with a with dementia can become disoriented. And um, it is just more of a, a simulation in terms of how, how they can feel. Um, I also want to give a shout out to our friends at the Caregiver Alert Center, where they just do a great job disseminating information on a person who becomes missing, and it's a very low cost, um, under $15 a year. But boy, if, if uh, you ever need, uh, you know, or you ever have a situation where someone becomes missing, it is well worth the money spent. Um, last, I just want to say I hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. We've got Thanksgiving just right around the corner, and um I would encourage you to use the tools in our memory chip, which have you focus not so much on all the tasks that all of us have to do in daily life, but focus on, you know, are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? And really allow yourself to enjoy those relationships. Talk to you next week. Bye now. Hi, everyone. This is Meredith from the Senior Fitness with Meredith podcast, where I discuss all things for seniors. From fitness, your health and wellness journeys, how to be all over strong and beyond. I also have my mini podcast called Motivation with Meredith. It's a great, quick, motivational pick-me-up for your days. Join me, listen now, search for Senior Fitness with Meredith on your favorite podcast platform.